The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 28, Romans 8, 28. I want to take a couple of weeks uh, before Easter and do a couple of standalone messages and talk about how God is watching over us. Now, Last week's message from my wife was incredible. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the podcast, but I wasn't here last week. I was in Tulsa, but I, or actually in Oklahoma City, but I got an opportunity to go back and, and listen to the message and stuff. And man, it touched my heart in life. How God loves to work and bring healing, health, and wholeness into wounded hearts. And, and so today, I want to kind of pick up a little bit on that and, and talk about how God desires and God is watching over us. Because sometimes we forget that he's watching over us. Sometimes we wonder if he's watching over us. Sometimes we think that he's gone to sleep on the job, when in reality, he's watching over us all the time. God will work everything out for his glory and for our good. Things that the enemy means for evil. Man, the the testimony that she shared last week about Kathy Miles. Wow. God's grace is so amazing that, man, something that was so horrific, something that the enemy meant to destroy her life and other people's lives brought healing, health, and wholeness. In fact, Chris caught me right before the service, and he said, you know, if that had not happened, I would not have gotten married to Kathy, and today I wouldn't be a follower of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ because of my wife's influence. Now, am I saying that God did that and made that happen? Absolutely not. God's a good God who loves to do good things for his children. But God will take the things that the enemy means for evil and he'll turn it around for our good. So it's important for us to know that even when we're going through challenging situations, we still need to believe that God is good. Listen, today, if everything's going well in your life, it's easy to believe God is good, isn't it? I mean, you got a bonus check at work. Your boss is nice to you. You drove to church, your wife didn't fight with you. I mean, all these amazing things are happening. You go, oh, God, you're just so good, right? But when things get a little challenging in our life and we're struggling with a sickness, we're struggling with a financial setback, we're dealing with some problems in our life, we still have to make the choice to believe that God is good. We have to choose to believe that God is good. Now, I want to show you something today. Guys, if you'll throw that first slide up there, because you see, what we believe determines what we think and our thinking or our thoughts determine how we feel or our emotions and our feelings or emotions determine how we're going to act or how we're going to speak next slide if you would so what we believe begins to affect our thoughts or the way that we think our the way that we're thinking or our thoughts determine our feeling and way that we're feeling determines our actions now guys if you leave that up there a second let me give you an example you come to church and you're walking down the hall and there's somebody that you know or you've kind of been in contact with this person and you walk past me and you say hey how you doing and they walk right on past you and don't look at you and don't acknowledge you now when we're mature enough and can grow up most of us can go oh they probably just didn't hear me but how easy is it for us to say well I wonder what's wrong with them right? We wonder, man, what on earth is, what is wrong with them? Why do they act like that? And then all of a sudden we start to think back, oh, I remember about four months ago, I was kind of joking around with them about something and I wonder if they're still mad at me. And we begin to develop this belief system that there's this problem 
between us and them. And so we start thinking about it, our thoughts, we start dwelling on it. We're thinking, oh man, I oh, I just can't believe they acted like that. Or, man, I can't believe that I said that. And before you know it, it begins to affect our feelings. And suddenly we're anxious. Suddenly we're fearful of losing a relationship or we're angry with them for acting that way. And before you know it, we're done with them, right? We're not talking to them anymore. I'm, next time I'm going down the hall and they say hi to me, I'm going to ignore them. Our belief, what we believe, determines what we think. What we think or our thoughts begin to produce in us feelings and emotions. And what our feelings and emotions typically lead us to are actions or the easiest way for us to recognize it is things that we're speaking, things that we're declaring all of our life. But it all goes back to right believing. If we believe right, we'll think right, we'll feel right, we'll act right, we'll speak right. So anytime any of our thoughts are going funky, now listen, I know your thoughts don't go funky, but have you ever been talking to somebody and they're saying something and you're going, now why on earth would you believe that? It's because their belief system has determined what it is that they're thinking, and because of that, their thinking is producing these emotions now, and suddenly people are acting crazy. You ever have people in your life that go cray-cray? I mean, you're going, where on earth did that come from? And suddenly you hear them speaking things and saying things and acting in certain ways, and you're going, seriously? Listen, sometimes you just got to understand that you don't try to make sense of this. Because what we typically, bring that slide back up, guys, if you would. Because what we typically do is we go to work, bring that slide back up, if you would, guys. There we go. Because we go to work on their actions, don't we? Why on earth are you acting that way towards me? Or listen, hey, you don't have to have those feelings. Just, just get over it, right? Guys, you ever tried that one? Me neither. But in reality, it's based out of their thinking and their belief system. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you begin to think, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus... You begin to believe that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But if you still think, well, I'm just a dirty old sinner, you'll continue to act like a dirty old sinner, even though you're not as a follower of Jesus Christ. So our beliefs determine our thoughts, determine our feelings, and determine our actions. So where we have to begin is we have to make a choice to believe. You get to choose what it is that you believe. I tell you guys this all the time. I'm preaching to you the word of God. And as your pastor, man, I'm telling you, what I'm looking at the word of God, I'm, I'm dialoguing with other ministers, I'm studying the word of God, I'm preaching the word of God to you. And I'm telling you, when I preach something to you that sometimes you're going, well, I'm not sure if I believe that. You don't have to believe it. But if you'll choose to believe it, the promise will begin showing up in your life. Well, I don't, you know, that's not the way that I... My thinking, according to the way that I think, or my thought process, that's not the way that it works out. Or, my favorite, well, I just don't really feel that that's right. Because see, unfortunately, a lot of times our feelings, we mistaken for the Holy Spirit. Well, this is what the Holy Spirit is telling me. They're telling me to sever that relationship. So it produces what it is that we're doing. So we've got to make sure that we're taking our thoughts captive and making them obedient to the word of God. See, if you don't take your thoughts captive, you'll begin acting in a very negative way towards other people. 
Our beliefs determine our thoughts, our thoughts determine our feelings, and our feelings determine our actions by, or what we say. So what I've made up my mind that I'm going to do is I'm going to stay focused on believing in people. Now, y'all didn't shout me down on that one. I've made a decision that I'm going to stay focused on believing in people. Now, I don't always get that right. But I'm going to make a choice that I'm going to believe in people and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt even when I wonder why it is they're doing what it is that they're doing. See, most people, even when they're doing wrong, are only doing typically the things that they know to do. They had a, maybe they had a bad example of somebody pouring things into their life. And because those things were poured into their life, they don't know better. They're just pouring those things out into your life. So we've got to believe in them because they're only doing what they know to do. They're only doing what it is they believe that are right. So all of our actions, our, our words are rooted in what it is that we believe. And if we believe right, we'll do right things and right things will show up into our life. That's why we study the Word of God. That's why we have a quiet time in the morning, not so God will put His favor on us, but because His favor is already upon us, we study the Word of God so we know how it is that we are to live. We don't study the Word of God so that obeying the Word of God, we become qualified for the promises in the Word of God. We study the Word of God so that we'll understand His goodness, so that we can learn how to live our lives in alignment with His goodness. If you know that God is good, that he's watching over you and that he's for you, you'll embrace his love for you. You believe that God has good plans for your life, and sometimes, though, that's a challenge to believe. You're going through something, it's a challenge to believe that God is really for you, that he's watching out for you, that he believes in you. That's why Jesus said to the, the father of the demon-possessed boy in Mark 9, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, He's helping us understand that if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Notice that if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And it's the belief in the promises that we find in God's word that causes the promises to show up in our lives. See, if we don't believe, and, and let me tell you something, I've never talked to a Christian who said I don't believe. But I'm telling you, even in my own life, I am unbelieving quite often, way, way too often. But if we don't believe, again, people have a hard time recognizing when they don't, it literally pinches off or limits God's blessings from flowing into our life. God hasn't taken away his blessing, but it pinches off or limits God's blessing. You look throughout the New Testament at the ministry and the life of Jesus. Was it this people's sinful nature that caused him to not be able to do miracles? No. It was their unbelief so how do you know if you really believe God I think it's a great question do, does your thinking or your thoughts line up with the Word of God do you believe that God's good do you believe that God's for you when you when you read the Word of God and God's Word says that by his stripes we are healed do you believe that God's our healer when you believe, read the word of God and understand that God is our provider, do you believe that God is our provider? And when you have wrong thoughts, do you change your thoughts and line them up with the word of God? Do your feelings and emotions, how do we know if we really believe God? Do your feelings and emotions typically reflect the fruit of the spirit? Do you have love, joy, peace, forget patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
right? Patience, gentleness, self-control. Do we have those things operating in our lives? Or do you constantly struggle with heaviness, depression, anger, and fear? And listen, I'm not saying that if you have those feelings or emotions that you really don't love Jesus and you should doubt your salvation. But what I am saying is that those negative feelings are typically rooted in not believing in or trusting totally your loving Heavenly Father. So how do you know if you're believing right? Your actions and your words line up with the Word of God. And when it doesn't, you don't justify it. Well, I'm just going through a tough time right now, so it's okay if I'm doing this. No. You change it. You say, you know what? You say, what? Well, that's not who I am. And I'm going to start acting like who I am, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's why we have this inner turmoil in our lives when we do things that are wrong. So we adjust it. We simply choose to understand, but, but this is where it really gets difficult because we simply choose to believe. Sounds very simple on the surface, but we simply choose to believe, meaning I don't care the way that I've thought about this in the past. I don't care about how I'm feeling about it right now. If I read a promise from the Word of God, I'm simply going to believe the Word of God, and I'm going to start speaking it, and I'm going to start living it and walking out like I already believe the Word of God. What does that mean? I read a promise, and I'm going, mm, man, I'm not sure about that. If I'm going to choose to believe it, it means I'm going to say, I'm going to choose to believe it. Well, I just don't know. Am I thinking that's not the way? No. I'm going to simply choose to believe it, start thinking on it, and before you know it, the feelings and emotions are going to come because I'm going to get excited about the promise of God, and I'm going to start walking it out and acting it out. Listen, sometimes you got to fake it for a while. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. You really do. You got to just say, God, here's what your promise says. I don't really know that I fully understand it, but God, I'm going to trust in your promises. And what will begin to happen is that suddenly my thinking will be different because I am being transformed by the renewing of my mind. See, you've got some thinking processes and some thought processes that are going on in your life that are counterintuitive to the Word of God. And when you begin to get your heart and your life in alignment with the Word of God, suddenly you become transformed and suddenly things that you thought were crazy before now begin to make sense. Let me give you an example from my life. I was, I'm a very pragmatic person naturally. It's very easy for me to think in facts and figures and, and okay, this makes sense or this doesn't make sense. And when I used to walk, hang around with people and talk with people that I knew were going through difficult things and I'd say, hey, how are you doing? They'd go, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. I thought, you're an idiot. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I would think, man, you are crazy. Until I learned what they were understanding was who they really are, they weren't worried about the situation that was going on around them. And so they were declaring the promise before they saw the reality of the promise. And when I began to understand it, suddenly now, y'all are thinking this about me. You're an idiot. Because I'm declaring the promises. I'm great. I'm, a, I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. It changes through the renewing of our mind. Suddenly wrong thought patterns or things that used to bother me, that used to create heaviness or oppression in me, will begin to bounce off of me. Because I know that I'm connected to a loving Heavenly Father who's watching over me. And I read the promises of the Word of God and I say, 
I'm choosing to stand upon this promise. Let me show you an incredible promise from Psalms 35. You might want to note this in your Bible and write this down over your life. And it says, and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Now that word prosperity in the Hebrew is the word shalom. And it's not just prosperity of money. It's health, wholeness, wellness in every area, in every arena of your life. God takes pleasure in your prosperity. See, the biggest challenge to our belief system in God's goodness is that we don't understand sometimes why bad things happen to good people. Now, we understand it when it happens to bad people because it's very easy for us to be the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son, isn't it? They're getting what they deserve. Uh Uh-huh, I knew God you'd come through. I'd been telling them not to do that. They did it, and look, there they go. Told you so. See ya, right? Have you ever wondered when you see something bad happen to someone that you love or when it happens to you, why on earth did that happen? I thought, God, I thought I'm blessed. I thought I'm highly favored. You see, we're quick to blame God or wonder about the goodness of God when we see bad things happening. The reason is, is because we're not understanding how this whole thing works. We're not understanding how God works because God doesn't punish us because we've done wrong. He doesn't bruise and abuse his children. See, you have to understand that when God punished all of our sins in the body of Jesus Christ, we have now been redeemed from that punishment because we're in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus was punished in our place. Now listen, there are still negative consequences for sin. There's still negative consequences when you live your life in contradiction to the word of God, but God isn't punishing you. Even though bad things happen sometimes, God isn't punishing you, and he's going to take all of the bad things that happened in your life and work it out for his glory and for your good. He doesn't cause the problems in your life, but he's going to use those problems to develop you, to develop the character in you. To develop all those things. Sometimes we've got to have some things that we walk through that God didn't cause but that are happening in our life that break off some junk off of our lives. God wants you to to walk in what he's designed and created you to be. See, once we begin to understand that, we don't get distracted by the problems that we used to because we've got our eyes fixed upon and gazed upon Jesus because we know, according to Hebrews 12, 2, that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's not the author and the finisher of our troubles and of our problems. And it's the revelation of God's goodness. Now, I know I talk about that a lot, but I'm telling you, we lose the revelation of that like this. Oh, God, in Sunday morning, man, you're all I need. I'm, I'm excited about worshiping you. We walk out, something happening. God, what's going on? It's the revelation of God's goodness, the good news of Jesus Christ that causes us to surrender our lives completely to him, to walk in reckless abandon. And our testimony to the world is that no matter how crazy things are going on in your life, we know that our God is more than able. Can I tell you the best testimony people can see is when they know that you're faced with some challenges, when there's some difficult things going on in your life, and you're just standing resolved going, man, my God is good. My God is more than able. See, but he'll only completely handle it if we'll let him completely handle it. Let me say that again. 
He'll only completely handle it if we'll let him completely handle it. If you want to handle it, God will let you handle it. Now, I'm not talking about you sitting around doing nothing, but I'm just talking about you resting in whatever it is that God is leading you to do. That you're trusting in him. See, God has already provided everything that you need. It's time to believe and receive. It's time for some of you to sign for the package. <coughs> the UPS man's come by your house and you're standing at the front door going, oh, man, it finally got here. That's so amazing. And you shut the door on him and the UPS man has to drive around the block or come back tomorrow. And you open up the door. Woo! Finally got here. Time to sign for the package and recognize that you, child of God, God has provided everything that you need for life and wellness and wholeness, that his shalom is upon you. So I want to I talk about the fact that we've been redeemed from punishment, meaning that we're free from punishment. The easiest thing for us to do is to blame God. Every time that something goes bad, and, and it happens to us, things break. Right, y'all have stuff that just breaks down on you? Man, this, this week has been one of those weeks. Just all kinds of little things, and I've found myself so much wanting to go, God, what's wrong? Did my wife do something wrong last Sunday when she was preaching? <laughs> of course, I listened to it, and she didn't. You know, I, things are breaking in our lives sometimes. We, we've got these bills that kind of come up unexpectedly. We're dealing with some sickness or bad weather. By the way, God set it up in the beginning was for us in the Garden of Eden, a place where everything was right, where the washing machine never busted, where the car never had to be jump-started. God set it up right, but then sin entered into the world. And when sin entered into the world, the influence of other things entered into the world that affects our lives. See, we blame God, but there's a role of some other people or some other things involved. And the first one is the devil. The devil. The second one, the world. The third one, the flesh. See, all three of these things work together at various levels and in various ways to cause trouble and pain that we experience in the world in which we live in. That's why Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. See, yet we're quick to blame God. We're quick to blame God. The world is especially, a, a violent storm comes through. What do they call it? Act of God. And many people are convinced that God is responsible for all the wars and the killings. Killings. All the sickness and the disease. Y'all were going to let me go in that one, but I had to just bring it up, didn't I? All the sickness and disease. All the hatred and violence. We're, we're quick to blame God. After all, he's God, right? And if he's God, why doesn't he just step in and stop things? The reason is, is because God has given man a free will to choose. And when we choose to live our lives opposed to his ways as found in the word of God, there's all kinds of negative things that begin to happen. So the devil is constantly at work, shaping the world's philosophies, trying to get us to buy into what our flesh naturally wants. And it's important to recognize the role that the devil, the world, and that the flesh play in things going wrong. See, if we're going to get our belief system working right, you have to know that you've been redeemed from judgment. I'm going to say that again because this is the crux of everything that you're going to be hearing today. If we're going to get our belief system working right, you have to know that you have been redeemed from judgment. Because what you believe determines your thoughts, which determines your feelings, which influences your actions. 
Let's say a, a fellow Christian gets sick, and because he's sick, then he loses his job. And because he loses his job, his wife divorces him. Then his friends come around him, and in trying to encourage him, start connecting all the dots, trying to figure out, why would God do that to him? Or wondering, I wonder what on earth he did for God to do that to him. Kind of reminds you of the story of Job, right? Man, thank God we don't all have friends like Job had, huh? Or a wife like Job had. Have you ever read that in Job chapter 2, where she says, are you still standing in your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? Now, to me, it would be one thing for her to say, why don't you curse God? But for her to say, why don't you curse God and die? I think it's taken a little extreme. See, yet even still today, when something is wrong in our lives, too often, at best, we question God, or at worst, we blame God. But God isn't causing bad things to happen in our lives. We need to be reminded that the role that the devil plays, again, the Bible says he's a thief. He has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy If you contrast that with God, who is love, you can begin to understand why bad things happen in your life. We need to recognize the role of the world. The world is anti-God. Just give you a heads up in case you hadn't figured that out yet. The the world is anti-God. The world is anti-the Word of God. What they're going to tell you about the Word of God is that the Word of God is outdated. You know what, it worked you know, 2,000 years ago, but it's really outdated. The world is anti-God. It's constantly urging you to live your life apart from the Word of God. It's okay if you cheat, because hey, after all, your boss is probably cheating. It's okay if you cheat too. It's okay if you're acting that way sexually, because you know what? The world is okay with it. You're probably fine. See, our flesh wants to live independent from anyone telling us what to do. The flesh, the third thing. Right? Let me say that again. The flesh wants to live independent from what anyone is telling us to do. That's why, like, in a couple of weeks on Easter Sunday, we're going to have parking attendants out there to help us with our parking, and they're going to be directing you in, and as they're directing you in, telling you to park in a certain spot, you're going to be going, no, I don't think so. I think I'll go park right over here. Right? Or, hey, can you fill out your connection card so that we can pray for you? Yeah, I don't think I'm doing that this week. We, we want to live contrary to what anybody's telling We're just naturally bent that way. You want me to do that? Yeah, I don't think so. We live that way even when we know that God's word is best for us. I just don't think I want to do it today. And when our behaviors are opposed, <laughs> and when our behaviors are opposed to God's word, bad things happen. Whether it's our behaviors or it's the behaviors of other people in our lives. So when bad things happen, does that mean that God caused it? No. He allowed it, but he didn't cause it. See, God is sovereign. God could come and rip away our free will and just say, you're going to serve me. He can't really say you're going to love me because love actually has to be a choice. That we get to choose to love him. So he, he didn't make us do it. But he gave us a free will to choose to love him or reject him, to to live according to his word or not live according to his word. But no matter what you do, God never treats us cruelly. It's not part of his nature. It's not part of his character. He never treats us cruelly. God never inflicts wounds upon his children. But as a loving heavenly father, his heart is always towards us. When we fall in a ditch, he's going to be the first one to reach down and help you get out of that ditch. And it breaks his heart when his children suffer. Well, does that mean that God's hands are tied and that he can't do anything about it? No. In fact, he'll take all of the things that the enemy means for evil and make it work out for your good. 
And we'll come out on the other side of any problem or issue that we're facing with a better understanding of God's love for us. Listen, the reason why I'm so confident in the love of God is because I've walked through some stuff. I've dealt with some issues. My wife shared a little bit last week about some stuff that we walked through. And coming out the other side, I know that God is for me. But it was that challenging circumstance. It was that situation that helped me get a revelation of how perfectly God loves me. But here's a word of caution. You have to be patient through the process. You have to be patient through the process and keep on believing and receiving the revelation of God's goodness. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, I'm finally there. And it says, and we know, do you know this today? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Notice that it doesn't say, and we know that all the good things in our life, all the things that we really enjoy, the things that are really fun, they work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. No, it's saying all things, the good things, the bad things, the ugly things in our life. God is working all of these things together for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Now let me read this from the Amplified Version today. We are assured, let me get a drink. We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor. Let me tell you something. If God's your partner, you got it made. We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan. It's a powerful statement there. Notice all things work together and are fitting into a plan. Again, notice that all things are working together and fitting into a plan. Even when the devil throws things at you, God doesn't cause it, but the devil tries to bring it in. God fits it into a plan. So there isn't anything that we are going through that God can't take care of, that he can't fit into a plan for you. Whether you went through something 10 years ago or you went through something 10 minutes ago, God is saying, I didn't cause it, but I'm going to fit it into the plan that I have for your life. That no matter what it is you're going through or what it is you'll ever go to, through, God is going to take those things and fit it into a plan that he has for your life. Now, if you don't believe that God is good, you'll doubt and wonder about it all the time. But if you know that you know, and we know, God, you're working this thing out for my good. You didn't cause it, but God, you're going to work it out for your glory and for my good. All things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. So here's the crux of the whole thing. Do we believe that? Well, Richie, you know, the way that I'm thinking about it, well, I'll tell you how I feel about it. Or the way that I'm going to act about this. Do you believe it? See, here's the challenge that we face. Do you believe it? Let, let me ask you this. Do you want to believe it? Belief is a choice. You can choose to believe in God's promises for you or you don't have to believe God's promises for you. When you begin to make a choice to believe God's promises for you, that's when you'll begin to discover that a quiet time with the Lord in the morning is the most exciting time of your day. 
You may not fully understand everything that you're reading in the Word of God, but when you read something, you go, okay, I'll take me some of that. Okay, God, I'm going to stand up on this today. Listen, next week, hopefully, we're going to have some little promise books that we're going to be able to sell back at guest services that are going to be able to help you understand for a variety of areas and issues that you're going through that you're going to be able to flip back and go, here's a a promise that I can stand on for healing. Here's a promise that I can stand on for prosperity. Here's a promise that I can stand on for relationships going on that are going wrong in my life. You get to choose to believe the word of God. And when difficulties or challenges come your way, make a choice to believe the word of God. If you're blaming God, if you feel fearful or depressed, take captive the way that you're thinking or the thoughts and get them lined up with this promise. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And what you'll find is that because you're believing right, your thinking will begin changing. You're being transformed again by the renewing of your mind. And suddenly the right feelings start showing up in your life. Where there used to be fear and depression and anxiety about things going on in your life, now suddenly it's replaced with joy and peace. Listen, it doesn't mean that once you do this, it's set forever. It's a constant renewing of your mind. It's a constant refocus because I'm standing on the promise of the word of God. The devil comes with a problem and knocks me off the promise. I have to make a choice. Oh, it is that bad. Or I have to say, no, no, I'm getting right back on the promise. Thank you, God, that you're working all things together for your good, for my good, and for your glory. It becomes replaced with joy and peace. And what you'll find is there'll be more joy and peace in your life than fear, anxiety, and depression. It's an amazing thing. And now because you're feeling right, you'll start acting right. Amen. I know that's not great for you, but it's great for the person you're married to, right? They'll start acting right. They'll start talking right. They'll start declaring the right promises over their life. And your right behaviors and words are going to continue to establish what it is you believe. It becomes like a cycle. Suddenly now I'm, I'm declaring the promises of the word of God over my life and suddenly I'm actually beginning to believe it now because I keep declaring it over our life. Our belief determines our thoughts, our thoughts determine our feelings and our feelings determine our actions or what it is that we say. Listen, it's an amazing principle. Not only can you apply it to this verse today, but you can apply it to every promise that you find in the word of God. And it's really just as simple as believing and receiving. And as simple as that is for us to say, I'm telling you, the challenge comes when your thoughts, your feelings are all over the place. You got to just receive the package. You got to go ahead and sign for it and go, you know what? I'm not going to just be happy that he's standing at my door with the package. I'm going to receive the package. I'm going to start opening up the contents of the package and I'm going to start enjoying the contents of the package of what it is that God wants to do in my life. Listen, I know that every one of you here today and all of us at various times have gone or are going through tough times. And I'm not trying to minimize those and act like they're not important. But I'm telling you, if you believe that God is working out everything for your good and for his glory, it'll transform the way that you think, the way that you feel, and eventually... This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.